This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. President Biden says additional U.S. support for Ukraine carries a price tag of $33 billion. The cost of this fight uh, is not cheap. But caving to aggression is going to be more costly if we allow it to happen. We either back Ukrainian people as they defend their country or we stand by as the Russians continue their atrocities and aggression in Ukraine. All right, let's get some details on what the money will do if Congress approves it. On the line with us is Deputy National Security Advisor Jonathan Feiner. Thanks for being with us. Thanks very much. All right, let's start uh, with the number, $33 billion. Uh, What buckets of assistance are you aiming to fill with that money? Well, there's three main categories. Uh, First, and and obviously uh, what gets the most attention, is the security military assistance uh, that we've been providing to the Ukrainians since, frankly, uh, far before the conflict began. Uh, There's another uh, $20 billion or so that's set aside uh, for security assistance to make sure that they have the arms uh, that they need on the battlefield as the conflict shifts to a new phase, with the Russians very focused, uh, as you know, on the south and the east of the country. Uh, Second is humanitarian assistance. And that goes uh, both to provide support for the Ukrainian people under very difficult circumstances inside their own country, as well as for Ukrainians who have left the country and are now refugees in uh, countries on the periphery and for those countries that are hosting Ukrainian refugees. A third category is for economic assistance to enable the Ukrainian government to continue to function. You know, it is hard for them under these circumstances to do basic things like uh, collect taxes and generate uh, revenues. And so we are providing some support so that they can continue to provide basic services uh, for the Ukrainian people. And then there is also money for a range of other things like food security. What Russia has done inside Ukraine, which is one of the world's major producers of of food and exporters of food, is diminished uh, that supply and created a situation of insecurity. And so we are uh, got some funds set aside so the U.S. producers, U.S. farmers can produce more food, and so countries that have relied on Ukraine uh, can be uh, uh, provided with some support under these circumstances. And after that first twenty million going to security assistance, thirteen million that's split up with the rest. Uh, topics uh, two to two to three to four, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. Okay. The House is out this week. Uh, When does the White House hope the Congress will pass this new package? Look, I, I uh, will leave that uh, those considerations to, to people on the political side of the White House and, and on the Hill who know those issues far better than I do. What I can say, though, is from the national security uh, perspective, given uh, that Russia has uh, redoubled its efforts on the battlefield uh, in the south and the east of, of Ukraine, and given that we expect this fight to be very intense uh, and to last for some period of time, uh, we think there is an imperative to pass this funding as quickly as possible, and then we will deploy it uh, to get it into the hands of the people who need it uh, immediately. When you say some period of time, how long does the Biden administration expect this to last? I mean, the truth is nobody knows uh, for sure, but we expect that that this conflict uh, could last for a period of of not just weeks, uh, but even months, and that we uh, are going to need to to show resolve, uh, as both the United States has and the rest of the international community has, to continue uh, to support Ukraine as it uh, remains under attack by Russian forces. If it continues months, as you say, or maybe even stretches into years, uh, by showing resolve, does that mean an endless supply of cash for Ukraine, considering all the issues and needs that uh, Americans have here at home? So 
what I'd say about that is nothing is, is endless. Uh, we obviously uh, live in a time of, of finite resources, as we always do. But the president has been clear that so long as Ukraine uh, remains under attack by Russia, the United States will continue to provide support for the people of Ukraine uh, as they wage this fight. Uh, we think that the level of support that we've provided up till now has enabled uh, the Ukrainians to have a degree of success on the battlefield. We think we need to continue that. The funds that we have requested uh, yesterday, which the president has said will last uh, for the next five months, we think will enable us to, to continue to execute this strategy uh, that, that has enabled the Ukrainians to have the success they've had up till now. So just to be clear, as long as Russia is attacking Ukraine, President Biden is committed to trying to secure as much financial assistance for Ukraine as possible, regardless of how long that lasts. What the president has said and, and what we will execute is support for the Ukrainian people so long as they are under attack from Russia. All right. Um, on the end game, both money and strategy, I mean, how many more billions do you think it will take to, to help Ukraine get to a point where they can maybe be independent from us? Well, I mean, again, I'm not going to uh, speculate uh, to the to the infinite future. What we've said is is the money that we've requested yesterday, we believe, uh, is enough to sustain this fight for the next five months through the end of this uh, fiscal year. We've laid out the categories with some degree of specificity where they need this money, uh, and we ask Congress to pass it as quickly as they can. But can you understand how you know some Americans might feel like, hey, wait a second? I mean, this feels like an endless stream of money heading outside of the country. I mean, look, we get this question from both sides. We get this question from the perspective of, of kind of why are you not uh, providing more assistance, more support for the government of Ukraine? We think we have provided an amount that has enabled Ukraine to succeed. Russia had much larger ambitions when they started this conflict to take over uh, the entirety uh, or nearly the entirety of Ukraine, to topple uh, the government of Ukraine in Kyiv, uh, in large part because of our support and because of, of the bravery uh, in fighting that the Ukrainians have shown on the battlefield. Russia has had to scale back those ambitions. They are now very focused on the South and the East, and we think we need to stay on top of our strategy of providing the support uh, to enable the Ukrainians to succeed. Again, nothing is infinite, uh, nothing is endless in terms of our support, but we think the level of support we've provided has enabled success up till now, and we think that we are going to continue it uh, so long as Ukraine remains under attack. And so what constitutes remain under attack? I mean, what's, what's an ex acceptable strategic end to Russia's incursion? You know, to a large extent, that is going to be defined by the Ukrainians themselves. They have had uh, some negotiations with the Russians on this. We don't see uh, a lot of progress in, in those talks. Uh, we think both countries at this point are inclined uh, to continue fighting uh, so long as, as Russia uh, has objectives that the Ukrainians just simply will not be able to, to live with. But we uh, you know, are very closely in touch with the Ukrainians on their objectives for the battlefield. You know, They are the ones who are under attack. They are the ones who are trying to defend their territory and their country. They are the ones who will define... Uh, their war aims, and we are providing uh, support for those efforts, but it's not for us to, to sort of lay out what the end state of this should be. Uh, that is really something for the Ukrainians to decide. All right, that's Deputy National Security Advisor Jonathan Viner. Thanks uh, for taking the time. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to viore.com slash NPR. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL Learning. IXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com NPR. In this country, some truths aren't self-evident. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as wide-ranging and real as the people who tell them, we celebrate the Black experience for all its soul and richness. 
Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get podcasts.